Welcome back to Match Volume with Elle and Ella. We're your hosts, Ella Katz and Elle Davidson. So Ella, good news, kind of. I mean, vaccinations keep rising and it seems more and more like things are opening back up. I know that, um, you know, guests are allowed at Dodger games and Lakers games. And I think now at USC too, um, they can have a crowd. So that means we might be back going to game days in the fall, which is so exciting. So exciting. Yeah. So I wanted to know a little bit about like how you spend your game days and like how you like to show your school spirit. So L, I went to a small high school where People cared about the academics and people were social. We didn't have football. We didn't have game day. We didn't have that school spirit. That's so much of the reason, you know, aside from the academics, of course, and other reasons that I chose to to come to USC. So for me, game day fashion, tailgate attire is everything. It's more than the game itself, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, so I I just love the expression that there is in game day fashion, um, even more than just what you can get at the USC bookstore. There's actually specific brands that have created clothing that tailors to you know, USC students and makes clothes that we can wear on game day. But what about, what about you? Are you into game day fashion? Yeah, so I'm kind of a bad Trojan. I've only ever been to like one hour of a football game ever. Um, So like game day attire and like my USC spirit wear is not my sort of highest fashion priority, but I do definitely love to rep USC, especially when I'm back home in Milwaukee, because I am like so proud to go here. I love this school so much and it makes me feel like special and at home when I get to rep it, um, especially when I'm away from campus. So I'm definitely like... I don't know. All of mine is like super random and has been gifted to me, my USC gear. Um, But I really like some of the Instagram shops and the student-run shops that make um, USC apparel. I totally agree with you, Elle. It's those student, you know, student-run brands that make apparel for game day and for just school spirit repping USC that I'm drawn to and that I love as someone who loves game day fashion, which directly relates to our interview this week. This week's interview was conducted by Ashi Kumar. She's a member of the Match Volume team. She helps with our promotion every week and we're so grateful for her. This week, Ashi sat down with Ocean and Clara from Geistwear, which is a college apparel brand that the two Trojans started themselves. They talk about what creating this startup was like and what being an entrepreneur is like as a college student. They talk about the importance of confidence as it relates to entrepreneurship, building a cult following, you know, navigating competitive relationships with other businesses, and what it's like being a a woman in the entrepreneurial space. So we are so excited to listen, um, you know, to, we can't wait to hear about their school spirit and entrepreneurial attitudes. So without further ado, here's Ocean and Clara. Hey guys, this is Ashi. So I just wanted to let you know that although this podcast is coming out now, it was originally taped the day after St. Patrick's Day, which is why we talk about it in the beginning of the podcast. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. So how are you guys doing? We're good. Just got done with class. Did you do anything for St. Patrick's? 
Okay, I felt like such a loser because I completely forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. And I was like, oh my goodness. Did you guys do anything fun though? I never do anything for St. Patrick's Day, so don't don't feel like a loser. I went downtown a bit with my friends. I'm in South Carolina right now, so it's a lot of things are open, but we're still being super safe with COVID and everything, which is nice. It feels like some normalcy. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Clara and Ocean, so much for being here today. I'm so excited to talk about your company, Geistware. Now, for those who've been living under a rock, Geistware is an amazing clothing brand that started in 2018 that offers unique tailgate clothes for USC and other colleges. Basically, if you've ever seen a cool USC shirt at a tailgate or a football game, it was probably made by Geistware. The brand also has limited drops inspired by big pop culture moments. They're an amazing brand made by amazing fellow Trojans, and they're super sustainable. They only produce items when they get in order to avoid textile waste, and they use more recycled materials and less product packaging. You can shop and learn more at Geistware.com. Now, before we start the interview, can you start by saying your guys' names, pronouns, and where you're talking to us from? I can start. My name is Ocean. Right now, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, but from Hawaii originally, and my pronouns are she, her. Uh, my name is Clara, and I'm currently calling in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my pronouns are she, her. So honestly, I didn't really realize how long of a fan I've been of your guys' work, because I remember it was like last year, um, I think it was like my third tailgate or something like that. I remember seeing all these really cute designs at different shirts. And I was like, that's not from the bookstore. I was like, and I was like, these are so cute. And not only did I realize that they were just amazing designs, but it looked so comfortable. And I think that's when I realized like this lack of breathability within my own like spirit gear that I got from the bookstore. So I was wondering, did you guys ever have this point or this moment where you realize you saw the bookstore clothing and you're like there are problems here and what were those problems um yeah we used to talk about this a lot but like in the beginning it kind of came from like me I really like those game day skirts like you know the ones that like everybody buys and they're 80 dollars ridiculously priced but I really wanted them but I realized if I bought one I would probably not be comfortable wearing it out just because like the sizing of it would not be flattering for my body type. And it kind of just really sucked because I wanted like hype clothes that I could wear for game day, but it kind of didn't exist. (laughs) It's really weird because I, my first game day was in, I think fall 2017. I'm a huge football person and USC's culture is literally, I grew up watching USC football, was a huge fan. And when I got to campus, I wanted to wear a lot of spirit wear. So I naturally just saw what everyone else was wearing and it was coming from um, some student brands, but a lot of the guys were mainly wearing bookstore clothes. So when I got clothing from some of the student brands, like Clara said, or like, as you mentioned, it wasn't very breathable. It's like the spandex and the band, the bandos and the skirts, it, you sweat a lot in LA. Like if you're, if you're chugging a lot of beers and things like that, you're, you're bound to just really heat up. And I, that was a main point for us. But another point too, is that I felt like everyone was just wearing the same thing. It was, it was either the bookstore or one other brand and everyone kind of looked the same and it's cute with uh, like Southern California inspired wear, but I felt like it was a bit clicky 
at the same time, I, Kalara and I are POC women and we come from very, you know, unique cultural backgrounds. And um, I think what we really wanted to do with Geistwear is represent spirit, but have people wear something that also brings out their own identities. And does it make them look like a cog in the machine or a copy of someone else on game day? Because you can get lost in a sea, like in the football stadium, if someone takes a picture, you just kind of look like someone else. And we really wanted to embrace people's expression. Right. And we like all types of clothes, like the bookstore clothes, like I've worn them. I love them, like revealing, uncomfortable. Like I've worn them. I I understand. And I get why you wear them. But we wanted everything like we wanted a spectrum like we want the comfy sweatshirt that you can wear to game day and I have a friend personally who's Muslim and for her like it's really hard for her to pair pieces together that are like really cool and also like cover up what she needs to cover up and so like we explored doing like retro vintage designs specifically targeted towards like people who would wear items like her so yeah and and what I think is so great about y'all is that you not only saw this problem in inclusive game day clothes from your friends and from personal experiences, but you actually came up with a solution to to offer more. And so I'm curious to know, what was your process of of starting a successful startup business as college students? <laughs> Stress. That's, that's what it was. Um... Well, like, I guess we all, we started out with, like, just this random phone call in, like, June when Ocean called me, and she's like, we should start a clothing brand. The first conversation is obviously how much money can you put up front? So we had to have that conversation, like, how much money are we willing to each put into this business? Um, Ocean, do you remember the numbers? I think it might have been, like, around between 4000 to 6000 right? That sounds like a good range. Yeah, I think it's, like, between 4000 to 6000 We obviously had to decide at that point, like, oh, are we going to make it really legit and become an LLC, which we did. And I would not recommend for, like, a new business to become an LLC. That can be a little sketchy, but um, becoming an LLC just puts a lot of legal responsibility on you. It does protect you from being sued, but, like, if you're not doing anything like illegal I don't think the protection is worth how much you pay especially in California like I think we were an LLC for one year and then we took away our LLC status just because we weren't making enough money to make all the taxes worth it so that's like a really like business focused thing that I would say maybe don't become super legit right away um other people would tell you to do to to become legit I think all the YouTube videos we watch were like become legit right away and I would do not um also, we had to find our producers and our like production line. So in the beginning, we weren't doing like print the way we do it now where you order and then it gets made. Um, but bef- before we like ordered bulk and that just put a lot of stress on us as far as like warehousing. I'm pretty sure I stored all of the stuff in the beginning in my dorm room and we were selling out of our dorm room and we were like asking our friends to deliver mm-hmm. for us. So Um, We hadn't really figured out a system. We kind of made the designs and ordered the stuff. And then from there, we were doing like pop-up shops on campus and just like everything we could to get our name out there. And for me, I was just kind of not, I was underwhelmed because I feel like a clothing brand is something every single college student has thought of at one point, like, wow, I could make dope spirit wear. Um, And so I was like, if we're going to do this, we have to do it like correctly. And I think we just had the right 
amount of skill sets between each other that it was good to bounce off. Like Ocean comes from computer science and business and I'm an architecture major. So from the design point, I have a lot of stuff from the website stuff. She has a lot of stuff. And then we are always willing to learn new skills that we need for our business. As Clara said, I'm like, let's start a company, a clothing brand. But I think a, a huge point of differentiation while we were editing the designs was firstly making things that were catered to Gen Z. Because while the bookstore is cool and all, I, I really wanted to resonate with communities that I feel felt like weren't being represented. And the current clothes, some of the coloring schemes, <laughs> like with Clara, didn't really match her skin tone well. And we learned so much through our journey. And like she said, a lot of college students, their first point of focus is like a clothing brand, but you really need to find a way to differentiate yourself and really impact the communities that you're trying to serve. And that's how you kind of build a cult following, which is super important. Even having a personal brand in like the current digital state that we're in right now really, really sets yourself apart. And so many learnings through time to the point of having people approach us when we were just doing pre-orders and we're getting our first pieces of inventory, having people approach us to represent the brand and wear it around and tell people it really resonated with us. Yeah. And I feel like you guys got so much positive support from the USC students because of Yale's prioritization of differentiation. Um, but was there ever any point that you, you faced any rejection? And if so, how did you deal with that and overcome that? Um, I wouldn't say I, we felt rejection in the beginning. I think I'm probably a really harsh critic of our brand. So there's nothing I haven't said about our brand that somebody else could say to us. Um, but I think halfway through when we started to see a little bit of success was when we kind of hit a point where we were getting a lot of criticism or just um, we kind of had a struggle with a few other brands that were kind of trying to tell us where we existed and what zone like stick into. And it was kind of hard because we were really kind of trying to work with them as a like, oh, let's build each other up together and let's learn together. But then it kind of became a, you guys are trying to do too much or you're trying to exist in spaces that you haven't created. Yeah. It, yeah. It is interesting because we've never really faced criticism from other students or customers or our target demographic. It's been kind of from other businesses. For example, we released a grunge inspired design in the beginning of 2020. And there was another brand that kind of was on the grunge side. And they told us that this doesn't really match your aesthetic. You shouldn't be doing this. You should give the design to us instead. And it was the first time we've kind of really clashed on that kind of level, um, especially kind of it interblended with personal issues. And we really had to navigate through that and kind of explore our own brand identity. It took a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence, because we didn't even know, like me and Ocean went back and forth and Ocean was like, well, like maybe they're right. And I was like, I don't know. And like, we had to like really talk about it and like be confident in ourselves. Yeah. And that's the, I think that like confidence is such a important topic when talking about having a successful business or honestly having successful interactions. Because I remember when I was, it was just like last year over the summer, um, I was like helping this politician with his campaign. So I was like leading a lot of the communications part. And whenever I would talk to like different um, like people who were, you know, restaurant owners or sponsors who I wanted, 
they wouldn't like take me seriously. So that felt like I wasn't like a grown up enough for them to take me seriously and to like have this authoritative stance. And that made me feel kind of discouraged. And then I remember reading um, this thing where it was like, women and men with similar levels of education and experience have drastically different senses in their abilities when it comes to starting a business. And that in one study, two thirds of men were like, I would totally start a business. I would be great at it. And then only one third of women were like, I maybe I could do this. Why Why do you think that that happens? Because I know you guys were just talking about like this, you know, having confidence was important to really stand up about your brand identity. So why do you think that this even happened in the first place? Yeah, no. Some, yeah, that's something I feel. I feel that a lot. <laughs> it, I, it just really reminds me of like my architecture professor. He was telling me like, oh, um, I just lied about all of the technologies I knew how to do and then when I got the job I learned them on the spot and he was like yeah a lot of women wouldn't even imagine doing that and so I kind of like adopted his philosophy I was like whatever I'm just gonna get the job and I'll be amazing once I get there but it's kind of sad that women put themselves down like that I think because just growing up the archetypical founder story when you think about Elon Musk Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg the one thing they all have in common is that they're all men all the Silicon Valley inspired startup stories, Netflix documentaries, they're all centered around men. And the one huge one that ever talks about like a female founder that I've seen is the Theranos story. The Theranos lady. Oh, it's so frustrating. She was, I forgot about her. Oh my gosh, she was crazy. Like, wow, we finally got one and she's a liar who lied about it. It's so hard being a female founder and we relate to that so much. There's so many disadvantages and just the way that how we're portrayed in the media when it comes to founder stories. We try not to live in that. And like we understand that they exist, but we try to continue on the path without even thinking about those things. And just kind of being like, yeah, we did it. It would be the same if a man did it. It would be the same if a woman did it. Like we were just doing it. Right. And and then also it's like that, yeah, because you read that breaking point where it's like, I just need to get this done. I can't even worry about that right now. But I'm curious to know, like, you know, as you guys are starting this business, you're dealing with the roadblocks. How did you navigate? Were you guys just naturally like confident, like, let's go, let's do this, you know, or were you, what was your guys' journey to be like, no, 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 this is my brand identity. Yes, you came up with something that's grunge, but so did I. And that's fine. I think we're two different personalities. Like, um, my family is just like that. Like my dad doesn't, he's very philosophical about how like you shouldn't let anyone own opinions of you affect what you're going to do or who you are so even though I might like to myself be very like unconfident I don't know how to say that but whenever Ocean will come to me with something that's like not confident I will be the one who lifts her up or if I come to her with something we kind of are there for each other when the other person is slacking and that's what gets us through the situations we're very communicative about like, oh, I don't know. Or like, I think there was one thing when we first opened the business, like my name was on the Instagram. And then we had somebody like come at us and be like, you're stealing our designs or something. And I got really anxious. And I was like, oh my God, like Ocean, you need to get on this Instagram because I just keep getting attacked. And she was like, it's fine. You know, you didn't steal those designs. You know, we literally planned them out this summer. Like it's fine, just breathe. So I think it's kind of both of us stepping up when the other one is like, going through it. Yeah, it's nice having a co-founder that represents opposite characteristics sometimes. Like I'm very emotional and Clara will really be point blank at me when I'm stressing over something that I shouldn't be, whether it's like a personal relationship too. This is so funny, but 
Yeah. <laughs> Just having that balance, especially with your founding members or co-founders is a huge asset because if you have someone that has the same approach, the way they think of things, I think sometimes it can get too one-dimensional, but if you have that breadth of the way you perceive things, you can really help each other and like like a seesaw, balance each other out. It obviously changes based on the situation, but you always have to take a step back first, analyze like what is making you lose confidence. And if it's like a criticism, um, I definitely would look at the criticism and decide whether or not maybe the right, maybe the criticism is correct, but how can you fix it and keep going? And then if they're wrong, like, or if you don't think they're right, just, just throw that criticism to the side. Like if something isn't going to benefit you, and you've taken a step back and you've looked at it, you can just move on from it. It, it can be hard, but you just have to kind of learn to move on from things. Yeah, in the context of starting a business, since we've all been there, if you truly believe that your idea in Possible Company can help people and it truly solves a problem, I think at some point you just have to go for it. Pull the trigger, get your website up, get whatever you need to do done. And build the skills, build the skills you need. Like to gain confidence, like if you're, say I want to start something that involves coding, like we will go and we'll figure out how to code. Maybe I know how to code in one language and then I need to find other people who code in all of the other languages that I need to make this happen, then reach out to people, but start building and understanding those skills. And if you know what you're talking about, that confidence will come. Like something I didn't have confidence in it was ads and like us running ads, but we built the skills that now I know how to talk about ads and now I know what I need people to do for me. Like, I don't think I could personally run my ads by myself, but I can confidently delegate that out without getting taken advantage of. Yeah. In business, for example, in our business classes, we talk about SWOT analysis and all these different things, but it really just boils down onto executing. You don't, I think like things like SWOT analysis, I think it really ties people down rather than helps them actually start building something that's tangible. If you go too much into the theory and you don't rely on your intuition and you don't execute on something, I don't think it's going to come to life. We are talking about confidence. This really does build up over time. And even, even if something isn't working quite right, you still have that reputation as someone who has tried something, did so, so many relentless things to get it working. And even if it does fail in the end, you have this experience and it really anchors yourself as an authority in the space. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's amazing advice. I think that a lot of people, the, the first response is like, oh, I feel unconfident. I'm just going to not, this is just going to be an idea that's like, oh, maybe I will do this one day. But I think that actually, again, getting out of your comfort zone and really getting those skills to then become confident. Not that it's like, you know, cause skills back up the confidence. So it's like, I think that's very useful. And I think that the level of confidence that y'all have, um, have throughout this business really shows in your brand confidence and really allows you to like use your um, brand as a platform to really engage in social issues. And I think that in a world that quite frankly needs inspiration, um, y'all's brand are really doing, really supporting this love and positivity and inclusive, um, you know, philosophy. And there's this quote that I think that really displays it that I absolutely love. And I think it's uh, by you, Ocean, when you said that we want to make a voice. We don't want to just sell a commoditized product. We want to have every single thing that we release resonate with the student community, whether it's the entrepreneurial community or the community of people of color. We want to give them a voice. Now, I think that's just a 
fabulous quote, but could you explore that more? And what do you mean by giving a voice to these two types of groups? Yeah, thank you. I This really spurned out of the Black Lives Matter movement over the summer. Clara really worked hard on this and had, I think, your mentee <laughs> cook up the designs, Layla. Mm-hmm. We partnered with BSA, the USC BSA, Black Student Association, and really brought more visibility into what we're doing. And it was really the first time that we did a drop that we donated 100% of the proceeds. So that really made us feel really nice about it. But I think when you think of clothing in general, you wear things that are part of your identity. And we want to represent people and have them be seen is where the quote inspiration comes from. Because when we wear our designs like out, I feel so part of my own brand. And I hope anyone else that wears our designs can feel represented and heard and that they have a safe space and that they're cultural issues are represented um yeah I think for us our brand kind of we've always seen it existing outside of just collegiate wear like it's a way for us to express what we're feeling and um in order to do that we obviously want to create clothes for the moments that are happening and even things that like hit our community like um we did a Lakers drop when the Lakers uh won recently and that was something that just ocean is feels really connected to first of all the lakers and with everything that happened with kobe back then it was just kind of something something we felt that we should do not even for like a money sake but just for like a let's show how much we like this thing and we appreciate this community that exists in la like right now we're, we've been talking about many different lines, but we were talking about an Earth Day line. We've been talking about what we want to do for Pride Day. And now with everything that's going on with the Asian American community, we've been looking into like if we could do something to raise awareness for that. It's just about like our brand having a purpose and having a meaning um, and not just being college wear. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how our drops go. It's a combination of things we like, things that are happening, and just moments that we think should be celebrated. And we kind of want to encapsulate those moments and have it with you for the rest of your life that you remember and really celebrate as part of like history. I think that that's the dopest thing, definitely having a purpose, as Clara said. Yeah, and I think that that purpose is why people are so resonated with y'all's brand and and so the the last question um and we ask this for every interview is what advice would you give to your younger selves how young are we talking (laughs) (laughs) um maybe let's do we can do like freshman year of college oh my gosh my freshman self would (laughs) i i didn't get a uh, freshman summer internship so i spent the summer in my like childhood bedroom staring up in the ceiling thinking I was a failure um (laughs) so I would honestly tell myself it's going to work out (laughs) those simple words (laughs) um I think freshman me got lost in the glitz and glam of USC and like kind of really put down like her origin story she was like oh like you don't matter um so I think I would probably tell freshman me to like not focus on all of that glitzy stuff and that her story will be told at one point. In high school, I was so obsessed about my GPA that I would rarely do anything except study. 
now that I'm in college, I just realized that GPA doesn't really matter. I'd rather be building my companies than working on like accounting homework. And being able to do that, I think I also found my purpose as well. Not being so self-centered and always stressing about grades, but actually giving back in many different ways and making other people's lives more fulfilling, either through a shared community or experience or donating to causes that we care about. But I remember my freshman year, I was, I think, also into the glitz and glam and I kind of got lost in it. And then, then I like, I, I think this quarantine has really allowed me to evaluate, be like, what actually is important? What's the reason why you're going to college? What are your, you know, um, your goals and your aspirations that you want to do? And how do you do that? Yeah, for sure. Like when I came to SC, I thought the world was one thing and then people were getting out of Bugattis and I'm like, wait, should I be, should I be writing Bugattis now? <laughs> Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? And people were buying like Maseratis and placing them on campus. Then the world became something completely different. And I was like, when will I be able to afford a Maserati myself? Oh my gosh. I don't know why I was so focused on that. But like now being at home, I'm African. So something that's always mattered to me is like how I'm going to go back home to Africa and like what I want to do back there. So being at home has really like helped me focus in on like what I want Geisware to be and where I think Geisware can go in the future. And also how I fit Geisware into like, my own career because Geisware is our brand, but we each have other careers that we want to focus on. Like I want to be an architect, ocean computer science I don't know what that is but something with computer science um but we both have different focuses so I think being at home has really let me explore what I want how close I want to be to my family and what I think I can achieve realistically in my life. well you are certainly achieving a lot and are continuing to inspire people like me I am so grateful for y'all's time thank you so much for being here Elle, I was really inspired by that entire conversation, but my biggest takeaway was really that all it takes is just believing in yourself. And ultimately, if you have an idea with social media that we have, you know, anyone and everyone is kind of at our fingertips, we can create anything. If we see a problem, we can act on it. So I'm just feeling very, very just inspired and uplifted by that entire conversation. Yeah, their initiative is awesome. And I like that there's sort of like a mission behind it, too. They weren't just totally. like, oh, we want to look cute, even though that is important. And it is a huge part <laughs> of the thing. They're like socially conscious about what they're trying to achieve as well. And I don't know, I'm going to have to pick some up because with this pandemic and like game days being non-existent for so long even though I'd never really been to one before I want to go now in the fall we have to so yep we gotta go well that's it for this week's episode tune in every Friday for new episodes of match volume and follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Media this show is a production of Annenberg Media and is co-produced and co-hosted by me Ella Katz and Elle Davidson for Annenberg Media at the University of Southern California I'm Ella Katz And I'm Elle Davidson. See you next week.